Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The following program has been pre-recorded. Thanks for tuning in this weekend to Let's Talk Portland. Odyssey Portland's weekly public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. On the show this time, I would like to welcome Kyle Camberg. Kyle is the executive director of Sunshine Division. Hey there, Kyle. Welcome to Let's Talk Portland. Hey, thanks for having me. Sunshine Division, you guys have been around the Portland area for a long time. In fact, 2023 is a pretty uh, eventful year for you guys. Tell me about it. That's right. Uh, Sunshine Division, this past year was our 100th year of serving the community for your listeners that may not know what we do. Uh, the organization was started in 1923 uh, by the Portland Police Bureau, the mayor's office at the time, and some of the local uh, media, which was uh, radio as well, ironically, as we're talking, uh, had the great idea to help people around the holidays, and the Portland Police really took the lead on that and delivered food to folks in the Goose Hollow neighborhood of Southwest Portland. And that was really one of the traditions that started the organization, and uh, it's evolved and changed and uh, you know, dramatically over 100 years in the 1960s, it became a 501c3 charity. We got incorporated as a, as a local nonprofit, not not just a good idea that the local police and the city did. Um, and here we are, you know, many decades after that. And this this December will mark the 101st holiday season in a row that we home deliver food to thousands of people uh, here in Portland and also distribute thousands of holiday meals across the metro area to a you know, number of communities all around the Portland metro area in four counties. And so it's a, it's a heck of a tradition. It's an honor to be a part of it. You know, this little act of kindness that started back in the 1920s. Uh, and, you know, like I said, here we are nearly 100, 101 years later, uh, helping thousands of families every single week. That's pretty amazing. 100 years. Wow. Do you have any idea why it started in Goose Hollow? That's an interesting tip. You know, uh, well, you know, 100 years ago, I don't think Goose Hollow looks like what it does today. Today, if you drove down Southwest Jefferson out of downtown, a pretty, pretty nice neighborhood, a lot of nice high rises. And um, I think from what I've seen, old photography and different things. And in the 1920s, uh, there was a lot of economic challenges, actually not that dissimilar than today. But that particular neighborhood uh, was pretty challenged, is my understanding. And, uh, but a lot of the same similarities we're seeing today, um, whether it's cost of living, whether it's, you know, challenges that we all see around town that have to do with houselessness and, you know, just, uh, certainly we're coming off some very unique challenges these past three years with the pandemic, but there are certainly parallels that was also pre great depression. So just really rocky economic times for a lot of people in Portland at that time. And as I understand, uh, part of the origin of Sunshine Division was a number of police officers 
had actually been laid off and started what we would today call reserves. They'd been laid off because they had been um, sort of replaced or made obsolete by this new invention called the automobile. So police officers didn't have to walk all over the city anymore. And the city, my understanding at the time, was having some budgetary problems, which is also a common theme for uh, a lot of cities and governmental entities uh, you know, these days. And so there was a lot of, there was a lot of turmoil, turmoil going on in the 1920s in Portland. And uh, the city, the mayor, the Portland Police Bureau, and these new reserves wanted to help people at the holidays. So a very, very simple um, act of kindness, a very simple idea of, of helping people because it's the right thing to do and because you can. And, and this group of people got together and, and started taking food out. And that, that's blossomed into this, you know, this charity that here we are over 100 years later, still, still doing the same thing. Sounds kind of cyclical, doesn't it? hundred years later, we're kind of, kind of in the same spot a little bit. You know, in, in some ways it's um, what we, there is a simplicity with what we do at Sunshine Division. You know, it's, it's emergency food. And so whether that's a food box that we drop at someone's doorstep through a home delivery, uh, whether it's a, one of the many hundreds of volunteers that help home deliver in December for our holiday food box, whether it's a, a police officer taking a, a, a child's school clothes shopping from our Izzy's Kids School Clothes Shopping Fund. Um, you know, whether it was today or 1980 or 1960 or even 1920, the concept hasn't really changed that much. Um, how many people we help, you know, how we serve has evolved a little bit over the years. But really, you know, crisis occurs, hardship occurs, you know, sometimes terrible or unfortunate things happen to good people through no fault, fault of their own. We certainly saw that during the pandemic with job loss and, the, you know, just the, the turmoil that so many of us face. Um, and so a social service organization that has that ability to respond with, you know, just basic needs, food and clothing. Um, you know, we really focus on that. That's what we do. People, you know, that's a basic, everyone needs food on the table. Every kid needs, you know, clothes to go to school and and shoes and a backpack and things like that. And so we, there's a very, very simple, timeless uh, part of what we do. And, uh, you know, we hope for a day that we hope for a day that our services aren't needed. But unfortunately, they've really, really exploded exponentially the last four years. We're talking today with Kyle Kamberg, executive director of Sunshine Division. Um, let's talk about some of those changes. Obviously, we're two and a half, close to three years out from the pandemic. <clears throat> and a lot has changed. Tell me about what's changed with Sunshine. You know, in 2020, the world, you know, just everything changed for us, um, for our organization, not just our organization, but many are all social service nonprofits that are in, in the direct service sort of um, sector of helping people directly, particularly with emergency needs, like I said, with, with food and clothing. And so, of course, we, you know, we can all look back with hindsight being 2020, of uh, hindsight being 2020 about 2020 and what that was like, but having lived through it the first hand, you know, running this organization, we did not know what to expect. We know, we knew that there were going to be closures and we knew that people were hurting, uh, but very few of us had ever lived through a pandemic. And so we really dug in and knew that we needed to respond. And in April of 2020, we launched a home delivery program. Probably one of the things I'm most proud of in my career. We have now subsequently over the past three and a half years, home delivered a box of food to over 100,000 households here in the Portland metro area. That was a wow. program we launched. I mean, we launched that on the fly and it was with a lot of great partners. That's kind of a very interesting thing about Sunshine Division. We work with a lot of different partners. And so 
Uh, in, in that spring of 2020, the Albertson Safeway Corporation allowed us to use a vacant grocery store because we needed a staging ground. You know, we're in the pandemic. People needed to not be on top of each other. Um, but we still had to deliver and, and build food boxes and things like that. So they allowed us to use a vacant grocery store. Um, the Hood to Coast organization that we work with on our holiday light show that we're going to talk about in a little bit, they do logistics for us. They're great at logistics. That's what they do. They move, you know, they move people yeah. from Mount Hood to Seaside every summer. Well, all of their events, all of their events were closed that year because of the pandemic. And we also could not get volunteers because of the pandemic. I mean, it was literally, I don't know, literally against the law, but, you know, you couldn't bring in right. groups of people. And, and we, as a local small charity, we rely on approximately 3,000 volunteers a year. That went away. And so we worked with Hood to Coast to kind of be our logistical arm. Safeway Albertsons allowed us uh, to use this space for free, a grocery store, a vacant grocery store. And then the Portland Police Bureau, who we've partnered with for 100 years, they had a number of um, what I would call new hires, soon to be police officers who they've hired. But the state police academy for which all police officers have to go through was closed because of COVID. And so the city had these newly hired police officers who had not done the last step of their training that they wanted to put to work in a, in a, a service capacity. And so we put all those things together and Sunshine Division with the help again of Hood to Coast, of Safeway Albertsons, of Portland Police Bureau, we launched this home delivery program. Now it's, it's morphed and changed over the past three and a half years, but that's how we launched it in April of 2020. And there were weeks that spring and that summer of 2020 at the height of the pandemic where we were home delivering to a thousand or more households uh, in a single week uh, with the help of all those entities and the help of our, our donors that were helping fund this. And so that was, that was an amazing time. It was unlike anything I could have ever imagined. Also the need in terms of people coming to us to access food skyrocketed and, you know, to kind of give you some numbers or put that in context, we have two food pantries. One is near the Moda center um, kind of inner North Portland. And we have one, it's 124th and Stark street. So East Portland near David Douglas high school. And back in 2019, you know, the fall or winter prior to the pandemic, you know, normal week, maybe 340 people would come and visit us, you know, which is, which is to say you're open five days a week. So approximately 60 or 70 people come on a normal day. And over the past three and a half years, we've had multiple weeks where, more than 2,000 people come to visit wow. us. Um, this past year, kind of our average, if you will, has been in the neighborhood of 14 to 1,500 families visiting us on a weekly basis. And so, you know, you compare 14 or 1,500 to less than 400, and you've, uh, you know, you've basically quadrupled your output or quadrupled your operation. And then when you layer on a home delivery program that did not exist before that, it's more like five times as many households we're helping. And so the amount of people we've been serving and providing emergency food to um, has just exploded exponentially. And we have to have partnerships and funders and ways to meet that demand because, you know, we're, we're not a massive organization. We're not federally funded. We're not state funded. We have this partnership with, with the police bureau in the city, but it's a partnership. We're not a line item for the city. And so, you know, they're providing volunteer resources, but we still have to, uh, we have to gather the food. We have to box the food. And in many cases, these past few years, we've had to buy exponentially more food than we've ever had because, um, you know, prior to the pandemic, most of the food that we distribute was donated. Um, but of course, if your office was closed, if your school was closed, if your church was closed, you couldn't really hold a food drive for a local food relief organization if no one's in the building. And so, so there's been a lot of challenges, a lot of change. And what I would just say is we're serving 
far more people than we ever have in the hundred year history of the organization. And it's been, you know, it's, it's been challenging. It's been hard, uh, but here we are and we, we, you know, we've really made it through the pandemic and our, our, our new normal is just that we're helping far more people than ever in the history of Sunshine Division. Well, it's so impressive that Sunshine Division has really stepped up and, and has been able to help so many people. That's, that's a, that's a big job. Congratulations to you guys. Oh, I, I appreciate that. And not easy. And, and again, it doesn't happen. You know, we kind of have these conversations, you know, with our organization. Any charity is just a good idea if people don't care. If we don't have our, like I said, army of 3,000 or so people will volunteer in a year. You know, hundreds of people will donate food. Thousands of individuals, you know, will make gifts of small amounts to large amounts and companies and foundations. And, you know, that's really how we get this done is because people believe in what we do. And like I said, it goes it goes back to that simple idea of the 1920s of there's people that are hurting, there's people that are in crisis. And if we have the ability to band together and help them with some real basic essentials, it's the right thing to do. So let's go do it. So we get to be conduit or the facilitator of of really reaching out and help people because because it's necessary and it's needed in our community. And frankly, it's never been more needed because of because of all those variables we all know about. I mean, it why you know, I would just stress it wasn't just the pandemic. Um, that was of course terrible and none of us knew what to expect there. But it was also kids missing the better part of a year, in some case a full year of school. And you know, what does that do to working families who can't, you know, can't be at their job because they've got little ones at home doing school at home. And it was ice storms and it was wildfires and it was other snow events. Yeah, it was kind of a, and it's, everything. Uh, you know, record inflation. And I can go down the list and just, you know, just recently a teacher strike and kids are back at home as well. So it's been one thing after the other for, you know, everyone. This isn't just one segment of our society. It's families. It's people on fixed incomes. It's. Uh, it's individuals, it's veterans, it's, it's, you know, it's everyone. So we're seeing every possible demographic we work with um, has been negatively impacted. And, and frankly, again, negatively impacted through no fault of their own because of external things that are going on in the world. So it's been a, you know, really a negative roller coaster ride these past few years. And so it, it's amazing we've been able to step up and we only are only able to do that because local people care and local, lo- local people support us. So I'm really proud of what we do, but I, I would stress you know, the people listening to this, it's because of people like you that volunteer their time, donate food or donate funds, because that, that's how we get this done. People chip in in different ways and, and we facilitate it and make sure that people get fed. So it, it's an honor to be a part of it. But it's uh, it's been a heck of a few years here. It's been unlike anything I've ever uh, anything like I've ever you know worked through. And I've been with the organization 12 years. Well. Wow. We're talking today with Kyle Camberg, who's the executive director of Sunshine Division. Now, uh, we've talked about people volunteering and donating food. That's a, such a great thing. But another way that people can help out Sunshine Division is just by taking in a holiday tradition here in Portland, Winter Wonderland at, at PIR, Portland International Raceway. Let's talk about Winter Wonderland because it just opened. That's right. So uh, another unique thing about Sunshine Division, and there's a lot, it's a long list, is that um, a handful of years ago, we were actually able to get a grant that allowed us to purchase the Winter Wonderland Light Show. So if anyone listening to this ever went 15 or 20 years ago, uh, that was a private business. And we actually got some grant funding that allowed us to become the owners and operators of this. So if you go to the Winter Wonderland Light Show at Portland International Raceway, now through New Year's, 100% of the proceeds go to Sunshine Division. So it's our event. 
and uh, you know it's a it's a holiday tradition. I've got a I've got a 14 year old, so we've been going for many years. And uh, you know when he was really little, it was sit on the lap and pretend like you're driving the car as we stroll through the <laughs> through the through the two miles of lights. Kids love that, and it's just a great hol- you know it's just a great holiday tradition for anyone with kids, anyone that's a you know holiday enthusiast. You know you come out there, and it's a really slow drive through two miles on a closed racetrack. And it's nothing but holiday lights of all massive variety, uh, over 250 installations. You know, you turn on, you turn on your Charlie, yeah. working with y'all this year, <laughs> turn on your Charlie, you put on your favorite Christmas music and you know, you got your hot chocolate and it, there's just sort of a, I've had so many people tell me, and it, it, there's a similar thing. There's so few things in our modern society where you can turn off the cell phone, where you can shut off the outside world and you can just be with your family and have these moments where it's, you know, the, the outside world gets turned off and it's a half an hour, 45 minutes, whatever that is. And you're together. And it's just this kind of wholesome, very old school, traditional thing you get to do with each other. And, and then the beauty of it as well, aside from those memories and those things you get to do with your family, you know, that you're helping sunshine division. Cause again, hundred percent of the money raised from this event is immediately going back into feeding families here in the Portland Metro area. So it's, you know, it's, it's the proverbial win, win, win there. So, um, we're really happy to host the event and we invite the community to come out. It's, you know, it's, uh, you know, we all, we all get busy around the holiday season, but hopefully everybody gets a little time to carve out, you know, to do something special with the kids. It's such a spectacular light display. There's just so much to see. It's amazing. Is there new stuff every year? Is there new stuff this year? Every, every year. Well, that's the other part of being the owner operator of it. You can't, you cannot roll out the same old show every year. Now, we always will have the classics. We will always have the 12 days of Christmas. Those are, you know, as you go through there and you start singing the song and we all know 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> We've got those and, and, but we keep adding to it. We keep adding light tunnels. And, and so, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I will. We've all been to a theme park. We can't name certain theme parks, but you know, there's certain classics that never go away, but you always, you want to know what's new. And so there's, you know, we've got a new giant Christmas tree display this year. We've got a new, another light tunnel and a handful of other things, but um, you're also going to get the classics, the 12 days of Christmas. And I know from firsthand uh, when my son was little, he would, he would, you know, he would blush if I, if he was, you know, being interviewed with me, but he's not. So we'll talk about it. But when he was little, like, we have, we have the dino land and, you know, if you've ever had a little boy between the ages of like three and six, you know, Dino Land's pretty awesome. Yeah, dinosaurs are everything. They're everything at that age. But then there's also the, uh, uh, you know, there's the various, you know, car-themed ones, which little kids like. And there's the choo-choo train that's Christmas-themed. And uh, I think there's a dinosaur driving that one, too. Kids love that. (laughs) And, of course, you know, we we also have stuff that mom and dad and grandma and grandma. There's there's the nativity. And there's the giant poinsettia that everyone loves. And I, when we have our walk nights and our, and our bike nights, people always take pictures of that. So, you know, there's the peace on earth giant display. And so, you know, it's not all, uh, it's not all aimed at tiny kids and it's also not all traditional. There's a little bit of, you know, I always joke. I say, what do dinosaurs have to do with Christmas? Absolutely nothing, but kids love them. So that's great. <laughs> um, but there's, you know, there's a little bit of everything. And then the tunnel, the light tunnels over the, since we've taken over the show, we've added, we try to add a light tunnel every other oh, year. Nice. People love those. Yeah. I, I call them the, the Instagram tunnel, tunnels because totally. I see the pictures. Yeah. Everyone, you know, people put their head through the sunroof or they put their head out the window. I mean, you're only going one mile an hour, so it's not dangerous. Um, and you see people taking the selfies and the pictures and, you know, where else in the world can you drive under, you know, 40 yards of blinking light? And it's, you know, it's like people name them different things. One year we did a contest. Some people call one of them, they call it the disco tunnel. And one of them, they call it rainbow road. And, you know, there's one that's a little more like 
uh, rectangular. So some people called it the Stranger Things tunnel. So you know, it's like yeah. uh, you know, there it, it, it's it's beauty beauty in the eye of the beholder of what you think it should be called, but it's um, it's just a neat thing because you're out there in your car. It's a controlled environment, and uh, you know, if, if you've lived in Oregon one winter, or in my case, many winters you know, it's going to be a little dicey with the weather in December, but it's going to be 72 degrees in your car. Yeah. You're going to be warm. You get, like I said, you're going to turn on your Charlie and listen to your Christmas music. You got your hot chocolate. Yeah, totally. Um, it's a very, it's a very nice experience. There's a lot of outdoor things you can try to do in Oregon in December. <laughs> and sometimes the weather is just, let's be honest, is not going to cooperate right. very much. Whereas at, at PR in winter wonderland, the worst case scenario, you're just going to, you know, it could be busy and you might go slow through the track, but you know, in, you know I've had many people tell me that's actually the beauty of it. Cause then you're, you've got your kids quarantined in the car without their electronic devices and y'all get to spend time together. <laughs> so yeah. it's uh, it's all in how you envision it. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who have teenagers who purposely go uh, on Saturday nights. Cause they know it's gonna be a little busier at prime, you know, kind of like prime time at seven 30. Cause they sort of want maximum time with their teenagers. Cause they know, they know, you know, those, those, those years are limited yeah. and uh, those, those days and minutes and hours are limited. And to get, get those, get that family together time, even if it's in a car or going one mile an hour through holiday lights is kind of a special thing. So I, th- I think that's kind of the magic of the event is we all know the weather's rough. We all know, uh, you know, our time with our families is, is finite and, Hopefully we can. Hopefully we can. We can put a, an experience together for people that's you know really nice and magical around the holidays, and and definitely for the little kids. I mean, it's uh, I see it every year because I'm out there doing you know different things and talking to people like you, and yeah. I see the kids putting their heads out the windows and and singing the songs and cheering, and it's it's uh it's it's pretty it's pretty magical for the little ones too. So I, I highly recommend it. Uh, whether whether you have a uh, uh, a teenager that. Uh, likes their iPhone a little too much, or if you have a little one that wants something magical, it's, there's some, there's something for every family there for sure. Excellent. Kyle, we've got just a couple of minutes left. So let's talk yeah. about uh, Winter Wonderland at PIR just opened on Friday, right? Yeah. So you've got a couple of yes. special nights coming up. Tell me everything I need to know, how I can get tickets, what, what the hours yeah. are, all of that stuff. Perfect. Well, first of all, um, Monday, tomorrow, that is a walk night with or without your dog. We're also going to do that on a Wednesday night. So Monday and Wednesday, are the only nights you can come out and walk. Let's knock on wood for some good weather. Yeah. Tuesday, um, two days from now, is going to be our bike the lights night. So that is a bike only night. So those three nights, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, are closed to cars. Monday, Wednesday, you can walk with or without your dog. It's about a two mile loop. So, you know, dress appropriately. And, uh, and on Tuesday, it's bike. All of the other nights through New Year's, those are going to be car only. And, uh, on the weekends and the 10 days leading into Christmas, we have our VIP line. If you want to cut the line, that's our Toyota VIP line. Uh, to get tickets, you go to winterwonderlandportland.com. Uh, the price points vary on what day, whether it's a weekend, weeknight, or, or closer to Christmas time, how much it's going to cost. We also have a limited amount of discounted tickets available at your local Portland area Safeway or Albertson store. Each of the stores at their customer services center has uh, about 50 tickets, and those are deeply discounted down to 32. And the price point for everything is always per car load. So if you've got, you know, the Suburban or the Tahoe and you got the whole neighborhood in the car, it's the same price. We do not charge you per person. It's per car load. So pack the car full of people. And again, 100% of those proceeds go back to Sunshine Division. And so um, in terms of the venue, Portland International Raceway, that's the north end of I-5, almost before you get to Vancouver. They're at Victory Way, kind of near Delta Park. 
and uh, just plug that into your phone. And it's about, you know, it's less than a minute off the freeway. So it's pretty easy access. The entire show is within the PIR facility. It's like I said, it's, we're actually on the racetrack. Of course, you're not racing. You're going about one mile an hour, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's all out there. It's about a two mile loop out there. So it's over two miles of lights. Once you count the drive in and out on their, you know, kind of their, their roads in there. And, and uh, we really just take over the whole facility and fill it with literally over a million light bulbs and over 250 installations. And, as we said before, everything from dinosaurs to Santa and his sleigh to a nativity scene to the giant poinsettia to you name it. There's a little bit of something for everybody, and it's just a great holiday tradition. And like I said, it's it'll be 72 degrees in your car no matter how windy or rainy it is out out in Portland. And uh, we invite everyone to come out, come out and see the lights and be a part of what we're doing and ultimately help Sunshine Division feed a record number of families every single week throughout the year. And a, a great thing I'm reading here is the prices all stay the same from last year. This is going to be a great year. Absolutely. Did not change the prices. And when you buy your ticket online, there's no, you know, there's no handling or, you know, uh, don't want to disparage any of those ticketing companies. But, you know, sometimes uh, it's like you bought your ticket and then, oh, by the way, there's extra fees on top. No extra fees. The price is the price. It's for the whole car load. Pack them all in. Come out with the whole family. Bring bring your kids and your kids' friends, what, however many you can fit in the car. And uh, like I said, know that you're helping Sunshine Division feed families. And really, I would just stress, you know, hunger, a lot of people want to help us this time of year, but hunger isn't seasonal. And so the success of this event is what allows us to help people in, ne- you know, next spring and summer and, and beyond. So it's our largest fundraiser. So it's super important for us that it goes well and super important that we put on a, you know, first class event for the, for the community and for people to take part in so that. So they keep coming back every year. So we, we've added to it. We've kept that price the same and we hope people continue, continue to enjoy it. Well, here's to another fantastic season of Winter Wonderland at Portland International Raceway, Kyle. Thanks. This has been fun. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. We've been talking today with Kyle Camberg, Executive Director of Sunshine Division. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just search for Let's Talk Portland on the Odyssey app. Let's Talk Portland is an Odyssey Portland public affairs program. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.